what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on The Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, who buys the most products and services in the United States? The government. And today we'll be talking with Lee Moritz with the North Carolina Military Business Center to talk about how the North Carolina Military Business Center works to connect manufacturers and service providers to military contracts and how it might be an opportunity to grow your business. Plus, as always, we'll have our Small Business of the Month feature where we'll recommend some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your host and director of the Manufacturing Solutions Center in Conover, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is Executive Dean of the Economic Development and Corporate Education at CVCC. I don't know if I said that right, Gary. You're doing great. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Things are exciting on campus. We have lots of students with the fall semester starting. So it's still hot out there, but you've got students on campus. It's hot, and we got a lot of students. It feels much better uh, than it did during COVID. Okay, well, we're hoping to be beyond COVID, but uh, we're, we're glad that your students are back. We hope that they're engaged and learning and interested and everything's going well for them. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Looks good so far after the first two weeks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well I, I, and I, I hope enrollment is up. I hope enrollment have, is up. Yes, right. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's up for the last three semesters. So okay. We're well, rallying coming out of COVID, too. All right. Well, Wonderful. Well, good deal. Well, we have a guest with us today. We have uh, Lee Moritz. Lee, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. I appreciate you having us. Oh, it's We're our glad pleasure. you're with us. Lee has a broad background from serving as a U.S. Army aviator. He's worked in the textile industry. He's worked with several companies that sell to the military. And now Lee is working with the North Carolina Military Business Center. And by the way, Lee also has a heart for public service as he also served several terms as mayor of the city of Conover, but I guess you got tired of that. Well, no, I was just a term limits guy, so I decided to let, let somebody else with good ideas come on board. So. Oh, well, that's 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 very good of you. Well, I lived in Conover, and so we're very pleased he was our mayor. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, we, we appreciate you joining us today, Lee, and, and uh, just sort of tell us a little bit uh, about the North Carolina Military Business Center. What What is it, and how did you get involved with it? I will. I sure will. It's it's a very exciting time. First off, I want to thank you guys for having me, and I appreciate uh, uh, Dr. Henshaw and what he's done for the North Carolina Military Business Center and the sport he is in the community. Uh, North Carolina Military Business Center really was a vision back in 2005, and what it was is uh, a group of folks got together and talked with the state legislators and realized that North Carolina has the fourth highest amount of military, uh, active duty military in the United States. Six military installations, 100 guard and reserve facilities, one in every county, over 130,000 military members, and, uh, and we have 18,000 military members transitioning out of the military in North Carolina. So it is, and defense is, in North Carolina, is the second largest industry. Anyone, anybody want to guess what the first largest is? Agriculture. Yeah. So in behind agriculture is, uh, is defense. So started in 2005. How I got involved with them is most of the members in our, on our team uh, either have a strong industry background, a strong military background, 
were federal contracting officers themselves and retired. Uh, so I kind of checked some of those boxes. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, I am retired military. Um, uh, I was an aviator. Thank you for your service. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, also, uh, I have a career. I had a career in industry. I was 25 years in textiles, and uh, Jeff and I were friendly, friendly competitors for a number of years. And uh, so, uh, it worked out. It worked out really well for me to to come on board. The uh, gentleman that uh, that uh, I came on in January of 22, and the office was there about a year old or so. And uh, the gentleman retired and. Uh, and they thought that I'd be a good fit for it. So it's been a really good way for me to to give back to two industries, if you will, I love. Uh, one is, uh, one is of course, our veterans, and, uh, and number two is uh, um, being able to textiles. Mm-hmm. You know, textiles are really good for my family for a long time. So that's how I got involved. Um, you know, to date, uh, the North Carolina Military Business Center has, and the team, the entire team, uh, of 29, we got 29 people on board. Uh, we're, we have offices in, in 12 different community colleges throughout the state. Uh, we're very blessed that uh, Dr. Henshaw saw the vision and gave us the space to be on East Campus. So that's where I'm, my office is located. But uh, what we've done is we've touched over 5,000 contracts. Uh, $17.5 billion uh, is what has been uh, equated to, to the worth of our organization since inception in 2005. So I'm very proud of that's that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I assume not good, not always good to assume that that your work is is just within North Carolina and the bounds. But I I think that probably a lot of the activities that you do probably are applicable to other states as well in terms of just saying that uh, there, there's an awful lot of potential business out there if you know how to go after it and you can connect to the right. Uh, government contracts and military well you know, well said jeff and, and, and just like with you with manufacturing solution center um you concentrate on north carolina companies that's your your bread and butter but uh you realize also that the rising tide floats all boats so uh we we do assist uh clients outside north carolina because those north carolina outside north carolina companies may need a subcontractor mm-hmm. that's in north carolina or a teaming partner or they may need a button or a zipper from a, for a particular garment made in North Carolina. So, uh, yes, we do work with them. But you know, our 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 uh, our charter is is really focused on North Carolina companies and how we can assist them. So, so when you know, looking big picture, just in terms of the the, yeah, I think you threw out a, a, a number out there of seventeen billion dollars worth mm-hmm. of, of federal contracts. I mean, what? How big is this pie that's out there that people uh, might be able to take a bite of if they uh, if they know how to go about it? There is a lot of, of opportunity. Uh, you have probably some folks on your podcast that do service uh, in the service industry. You have folks that make a project. You may have somebody that on, on your podcast that has an innovative idea that will help our warfighter. There are different pathways that you can take. Um, you got to think about it. Anything that's purchased in the government is put out for bid. Um, that's just that's just the way they do yeah. business. So you can imagine, as large as the defense budget is, is the number of procurements that are out there. Some of them work on multi-year contracts, but others are are procurements that go out, and some some are non-appropriated funds that actually that you, that uh, uh, entrepreneurs can go directly to the facilities, and they'd be paid uh, with a government credit card up to like ten thousand dollars. So there's different ways. 
and avenues that entrepreneurs can can do business with the government. Mm-hmm. And and you, you threw out a little bit of information about the success that the North Carolina Military Business Center has had. You know, how, how many companies are you guys dealing with on a on an annualized basis, or just sort of how big is your reach, and what sort of outcomes do you guys get? What I do on a daily basis is I I I'll monitor Sam.gov and. Uh, I have. Uh, not everybody knows what that is. Yeah, it's a, it's a. You can Google it, Sam.gov. It's a. It's a. It's a national website where all uh, procurement is put out on, uh, and, and it's a public, all public domain. But I monitor it, and I focus in on. Uh, no matter what your industry is, we probably have someone that is a technical expert, if you will, subject matter expert. That's what I call them uh, in, in it. And I concentrate primarily in textiles because of my background in textiles mm-hmm. and also aerospace because of my background uh, in aerospace and international contracts with aerospace. So I focus they, – they tailor SAM.gov and those, those uh, by next codes, which is North American industry uh, standard – to really on what particular industry it is. And they funnel those particular opportunities to me. I look through them, and then I pick out the ones that really I feel like pertain to North Carolina businesses, and I upload them into our system. Mm -hmm. And then our system pushes out an email to folks that are signed up on Match uh, Match Force, which I will uh, go over a little later in our concentrate. In our, in our in our conversation, but what it does in uh, Match Force is it actually pushes out opportunities, like a concierge service, to our clients. That's very good. And 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 what what does it cost to be one of your clients? Absolutely free. No, so that's yeah. good too. Uh, one thing I will say, and, and it's very visionary in North Carolina because when they when they looked at this and they saw the impact of the military and the defense industry in North Carolina, they stepped up. You know our. Our network of folks, the North Carolina Military Business Center, is the only one in, in the United States. You know, we've had other, we've had we've had other uh, states actually come and say, "How does your model work, and what do you do?" Mm-hmm. But they, and they're looking about setting it up. But um, we're the only one out there uh, really focusing on building business for uh, North Carolina companies in in the in the defense industry. Do, do, do you think that's because of just the, the prevalence of military bases in North Carolina? I mean, there are other states that have have large military populations as well. You know, North Carolina probably skews a little bit more toward a manufacturing environment mm-hmm. than maybe other states. Is it just the combination or the, the vision of our legislature and, and political leaders? Well, think about it. We've got, we've got different uh, strategic industries in North Carolina that fit – Hand and glove right into the defense, textiles and tactical equipment, aerospace, uh, medical and human performance, uh, construction, food, advanced manufacturing. All that's being purchased by the by the government. Maritime. We have maritime on the eastern part of North Carolina. Training and simulations. There's a lot of a lot of uh, industry right nice here fit. in North Carolina that fits very nicely uh, in in the uh, defense ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And we have, like I said, we have uh, subject matter experts in all those fields. And then we also have folks that have done a lifetime of work in contracting. And they can assist and review proposals before they go in to increase your uh, chances of winning. So so you, you said that you know, a piece of your work is sort of reviewing information that's coming through 
uh, matchforce.com and trying to connect people, the, the right partners. You know, talk a little bit about just the, the, I don't want to say necessarily the contracting type process, but if I want to, you know, hey, this sounds like a great opportunity. I haven't done business with the military. I haven't done business with the government. Uh, what, what are the things that I need to be thinking about if I want to do that sort of business? And What's the first step? You know, what, are the, what, are the, what are the steps and you know, what are the good things? What are the bad things about doing that? Well, I want to shout out to our, uh, one of my uh, really co-partners here at uh, CVCC, and that's uh, Suzanne Wallace. You know, she's, uh, she works in the uh, small business. Uh, she's the director of the Small Business Center. So if you're interested and you've never done any business with the government, uh, I, would, I would schedule a time to go sit, sit with her. And what, what she'll do is she'll walk you through on how to get on SAM.gov, how to get all your credentials to where you can get on these websites. And once it's not, it's a cumbersome pro, uh, a process, as, as you can well imagine, dealing with the government, but it's not, it's not impossible. It just takes a little time and commitment. So if you'll deal with her, get on board, then you can start looking at opportunities yourself and decide if you want to compete or not. This is not for everyone, and uh, and I'll be the first to tell folks, anybody that asks me, is it's a great way to uh, put a different business unit in your company. It's, it's not great if this is the sole uh, revenue generator. Uh, you know, the government, um, you know, it buys and then it doesn't buy and it buys a lot and it buys nothing. Uh, so there is some ebbs and flows in this business. Uh, is it a long process dealing with purchings uh, from time the, to time? The, it, it can go <clears throat> in a, in a dry spell and then something like Ukraine will flare up and then all of a sudden they want to, they want 10 times what they wanted. So, and now, they, yeah. So, and now, so yeah, there's, there's some, there's some things that you've got to take in consideration. Also, uh, that it's different than um, you know dealing in regular industry. Whenever I sold a product to uh, to a retailer, most of the time they continue to order that product as long as it's selling. Well, the government, when your contract's up, they rebid it, so you're constantly competing with other folks for the same product. So, you've got to go into it with eyes wide open. Um, it is recommended that you really be in business for at least two years. Uh, and be financially stable because the government will check. Because think about it, um, the federal bureaucrats—God love them—that uh, that that buy this stuff. Uh, the only thing they want is to be able to put the solicitation out, award the award, and then the warfighter get their product or service. And if that happens, then they're happy. When that doesn't happen, it's a problem. So uh, just take that, keep that in mind that uh, the bids are out there. It's good business. It's additional good business. But once you sign up and you win a contract, you're expected. It is a contract with the U.S. government that you will deliver, deliver on, time on time and the quality of product that they're specking. <laughs> we, we, we won't uh, ask uh, what sort of bad things might happen if you don't. We'll, we'll assume that if you're going down this road, you're prepared to do that. Now, you said that generally a company needs to have been in business for two years. I don't know if that's a... a it's not a hard, fast rule. Uh, it's a general guideline that mm -hmm. I've heard several times, even from the government, because uh, you know part of the uh, registration process is they want to know what your past performance is. 
And they want to know uh, if you're financially able to fill won't the be order. Able, because when they give you an order, they don't give you any upfront money. Right. You're, you're buying you're buying your raw materials and et cetera to build that. Right. Now, one thing I will say, and a lot of you entrepreneurs out there have probably done business and had to chase down money after you've delivered product. The government does pay you as long as <laughs> as long as you're you execute on the contract. What are the terms? Are they thirty days? Or? They're negotiable. Okay. Yeah, they're negotiable, but um, the government uh, does pay you according to the contract, and and the terms do vary depending on the contract. Now, now <clears throat> you also said they're putting you know all, all the products and services get put out for bid, and. Uh, you know, these we're, we're talking about taxpayer money, so we're we're hoping and assuming that uh, decisions on on who gets these contracts uh, are being well thought out. Is it strictly based on cost, or are there other variables that come into play when people are bidding on these various contracts? Low cost, best qualified, is the term that they use. So, uh, if you're meeting the standards and you're competing with three or four other folks. If you if you're meeting the standards and you're the lowest cost, uh, you will win. Um, if if the person that's the lowest cost in their proposal have not met all the standards, then they can be they won't go with the lowest cost because they're not qualified. Uh, yeah. What what happens a lot of times is when people and this is a different segment that we could have later on, but when they put in these proposals, sometimes people want to elaborate. And kind of change it around and do their own thing. Answer the government's questions, and and that's it. And 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 you'll you'll be a lot more successful. Uh, the ones I've seen is, I've seen companies that I felt like were best qualified, lowest price, but they got kicked out for a technicality. In other words, the government asked for a specific piece of information on their proposal. It was omitted for whatever reason. So they're checking boxes. Correct. Again, this, these are bureaucrats. God love them, but some of them don't even know what this what the product is that they're they're buying. Unfortunately, so 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 make sure you're thorough in answering the questions. But you don't. Sometimes it might be best not to give them more information than what they're asking for. That's right. So, I think one thing that you mentioned uh, when we started talking a little bit was that. Uh, you might work with someone outside of North Carolina because it might create some subcontracting opportunities for businesses within North Carolina. So are there certain requirements for me to operate as a subcontractor or you know, how, how, do I, how do I entertain those sort of opportunities? I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because you know this is really where my industry successes came from when we were dealing with um, overseas contracts uh, we were working with a prime and a prime contractor is the one that is is overall and normally it's a very large contract but we approached them with offering particular services to be a teaming partner okay and that's a commercial that's a commercial transition with that prime in other words that prime is having to fill all the government regulations you're doing a commercial contract with that prime, and you're part of the team. Now, that means that you're still the ethical standards, et cetera, still have to you apply. you got to follow everything that the yeah. prime's doing. But you're doing a commercial transaction with that prime, and that's a very lucrative, lucrative and also good way to get started is to understand who's out there uh, in a prime 
and and I'll use construction as a as a uh, as a good construction is big in North Carolina. You know, a lot of federal construction, and then you might be you know you might be a tradesman. Well, find out who that prime is building that giant VA hospital, and then you hook on as a as a teaming partner with them. It's a good way to get started before you jump in and try to win these contracts. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. You still have to be registered now. You still have to get your SAM registration, get your cage codes and all that. Uh, So you need to see Suzanne on that. But uh, it's a good way to do it. Uh, recently, so you can learn watching yeah. the prime what they have to go through. Recently, there was uh, you know uh, an open uh, um, request out there for um, transporters, trucking companies. So th- th- things things do open up in a number of different fields. And and, and you mentioned Suzanne Wiles a couple of times, and she's uh, our our local small business center director. If you're in another part of North Carolina, there are small business centers at each community college. And also we're fortunate to have the Small Business and Technology Development Center, which is a, uh, which is a, affiliated with universities at North Carolina, uh, state universities in North Carolina, that I think can also provide the sort of assistance that you're talking about in terms of getting people registered in, into the initial getting getting that initial processing done just so that they can participate in these type of contracts absolutely i appreciate you pointing that out because that is true i you know our i called out our local uh rep but there's there's reps all across north carolina and, and if you happen to be in another state you can probably go to a small business uh center or advising service that, that many states have and 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 they can they can probably help you with that as well one thing i do want to point out is on our website which is nc nbc.us ncnbc.us we have a great checklist so if you're interested in getting into this we have a checklist there that you can print off and kind of just go down go down that particular checklist on how to get into the federal system get yourself um, you know registered and all it's a good. It's a good. Good thing for. Yeah, so now you you mentioned Match Force. Uh, I guess it's MatchForce.org yes. a couple of times, and now is that is that uh, something that you use? Is something that that uh, private companies should be looking at once they get registered in SAM? How how should people be using that, or or should they be using that? Match Force is a free and a wonderful service if you want to get into the contracting. Let me let me tell you, it's really um, funded by the state of North Carolina. It's for North Carolina companies. Uh, you have to have a North Carolina uh, mailing address, if you will, to, to register. Uh, once you're in the system, see, you're going to have your next codes. You're going to have your product service code, which really drills down to where if you're, if you're making these cups, it drills down to plastics and it drills down to the cup. So it really focuses you in on your particular product or service. Once you plug that into MatchForce and you're registered into MatchForce, when these opportunities come and they come out every day from SAM.gov. Then the computer, if you will, the, or the you know it it uh, the software pulls your your particular uh, uh, solicitation that might be beneficial to you. And every day at three o'clock, it, it's like a concierge. It just patches it, it, just compiles and packages it up to you and sends it to you. 
Now, you can either, you know, put it in your uh, junk file or, or you can look through it and uh, decide that you want to participate. So it's a really good service, and we've gotten a lot of great compliments throughout the state uh, on how that has uh, helped folks identify and, uh, and encourage them to participate just from that little tickle email that you mm-hmm. get every day. Highly recommend it. Now, I've heard at different points in time that there are certain certain portion of contracts are set aside for small businesses or minority businesses or women-owned businesses. Is that set? What's what's the poop there? And is there there's some accuracy in that? And and might there be more opportunities for some of those groups? Great question. And the government wants to be fair. Okay. And what they have done is they have – it's not fair for them to put out a solicitation. All of a sudden, the big big companies swoop in with their low prices and get everything. They have set aside to where if you're a small business, and small businesses, uh, it, there, there's different variables, but, but overall – if you're less than 500 employees, you're considered a small business. Which, which in your and I life, that's not that small, but go ahead. Right. 23% of all federal contracts have to be awarded to small business. Okay? If you're in a hub zone, in other words, uh, Tier 1, Tier 2 county, um, um, disadvantaged county, uh, uh, 3%. Disabled veteran, uh, veteran-owned business, uh, 3% of those contracts Disabled business, say, or disadvantaged business, you know, minority-owned, what have you, or women-owned, they have different percentages of the overall amount of contracts that have to be awarded. Now you say, well, okay, well, if I'm if I'm in DLA, Defense Logistics Agency, awarding these contracts, I can either award them directly, and then I get my as as that God love them bureaucrat, I get my little check mark saying that I that I award this to a small business mm-hmm. or a disabled owned veterans, what have you. Or if you're a prime that you've won a contract, you have to you have to all of a sudden you, you have don't have a fit certain in percentage. you have to have a certain percentage of all those classifications of uh, businesses under you that are certified and, and you get graded on that. So there's several ways that you can win as being one of those what I call set-asides or protected classes. And I, quite frankly, am glad they have it. You know, so we've got uh, – there's a, there's a number of them. I just, yeah. I just threw out a few of those. But well, this creates opportunities uh, for some folks that might not have it otherwise. Absolutely. So, um, now, yeah, you're, you're specializing one – one of your areas of specialty these days, uh, not just these days, but you know, from your work background, is in textiles. And I know that uh, you know, just through you know, my work with you – in our current roles, you're, you're working hard to identify textile companies in North Carolina that might be able to, to help outfit uh, our, our military and, and just try to find you – know, there, there are a lot of interesting things going on out there in smart textiles and wearable textiles to, uh, to, to give our forces uh, every advantage that they can. Um, there's also something out there called the Berry Amendment that, that actually requires that much of the uh, clothing, uniforms, apparel be manufactured in the United States as well. Tell, talk a little bit about the Berry Amendment and how that uh, how that impacts some things. First off, from a textile friends, when you think about it, when you think about the military, a lot of people think about battleships and tanks and et cetera like that. The most lethal thing on the battlefield continually 
is that person with the brain. It's the soldier. And the only way we protect those soldiers is through textiles. And when I say textiles, I don't only concentrate on uniforms. I do load-bearing equipment. We do parachutes. I do body armor, helmets. Um, we, but to your point, it's getting more and more sophistication. I mean, we're having uh, sensors uh, put on, on uniforms. Uh, the real focus right now is lightweight. We're looking at hemp, hemp, hemp fabric, because it saves 20% weight. Um, thermal management, uh, biometric monitoring. Uh, so a commander can actually see when a, a soldier's getting overheated, what have you. Um, energy harvesting through the movements of the textile is actually charging the battery and the commitment uh, on your equipment on your back. So there's a number of, of really out there innovation that's working. Barry and Kissel is a wonderful agreement to me as a, as a lover of textiles, and we should need to protect it. And basically what that says is, is the U.S. is not going to put on the warfighter equipment that's made outside the U.S. And when I say that, I'm not saying it's put together in the U.S. I'm saying all the way down to the fiber that is made into the yarn, that is made into the fabric, that the fabric is made into the garment, that the button is put on there. Everything has to be very compliant or USA made. I'm very proud of that. Now, what that I makes like, sense too. Yeah, what I'd like to see is there. There are some exclusions to that, and uh, and I know that uh, it's being worked on by several organizations, like betting. Um, you know, betting is is not is not part of the berry. Uh, furniture is not part of the berry. I would like to see that because it really protects textiles. Now, on the flip side of that, one thing I want to point out: there's over 900 companies in North Carolina that do textiles. Now, I can't, I can't prove this number, but my best assumption by looking at this and dealing with this now for the past 18 months, we have less than 10% doing uh, government business. So, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're, and you're in the textile business, you know, consider it. There's the opportunity. There is an opportunity. And as you were talking, sounds like what he's talking about fits with a lot of things you're doing at the Manufacturing Solutions Center. Oh, yeah. yeah we're, we're, our, our mission is to support U.S. manufacturers, so this certainly is, is, uh, uh, fits very well with what we do. So, and it's created lots of partnering opportunities with uh, Lee and his group, as well as uh, other uh, groups that we both work with that uh, focus on both the military and government work. So. All good. So, well, Lee, we, we appreciate you uh, enlightening us on a lot of this. Do you have any other advice uh, for folks that are interested in doing business with the military or government that they should be thinking about? Yeah, I think I think the the real key here is uh, is, is be patient, uh, do your homework. Uh, a lot of these things that I'm I'm saying today it just takes time. Uh, it's, it doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, now, if you're if you want to get in this business, you really need to assign a team member, if you will, to concentrate on it. It's not one of these things you do as a hobby. It sounds uh, complicated, you, but once you get the system set up, once you learn the government speak, i.e., acronyms, <laughs> uh, it, it it does come it does come a little easier. I would get plugged in with uh, Suzanne, get yourself up to speed. I'd get plugged into North Carolina Military Business Center. We have we have these get together. Um, uh, summits on different topics. We just had one on textiles. We're getting ready to have one on food. We've had one on medical. We've had one on construction. So if you're in any of those fields, 
Look on our website, ncnbc.us, and see when we're having these summits and plug yourself into them. It's super cheap, you know, $150, $200 to attend this, and we don't make any money. All we're doing is covering your food, your food and the venue. So, But it gives you a chance to come in, see what it's all about, and start handing out business cards and networking to get that teaming opportunity that I was talking about. And that's the quickest way to making money uh, with the government is, is is that teaming opportunity, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. well, and uh, you know, and I, I also think you're you know saying you know, you're gonna have to have some patience there, and that you know that you're you're playing a long game here. But once you get uh, in the game and get established yourself, it can really uh, be a, a big contributor to your top line and your bottom line. Absolutely, if you get so. systems set up internally, but then you've talked about a lot of resources to help support. Yes, sir. Well, Lee, we very much appreciate you joining us. Uh, we, we like Thank to do you. a little bit of a lightning round with our guests. You up for a quick lightning round with us? <laughs> yeah, We're not giving you a choice. Lightning anyway. might strike. Uh, so you don't get a choice. Yeah, hey, you don't really get a choice, Lee. So anyway, you're, you're sort of, we locked the door so you can't leave. But uh, uh, this month's uh, lightning round is sponsored by Globo Gym. You need to lose some weight and get in shape? Well, that's not the right gym for you, but... If you already look good, come to Globo Gym. You can check it out on the internet. So, Lee, we're going to throw you some quick questions. Don't think too much. Just give us some quick answers. So, first question, what is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, being late. Well, respect to you. Okay. Uh, what toppings do you put on your pizza? Um, I'm a pepperoni guy. Beatles or Rolling Stones? Uh, definitely Rolling Stones. This one came to one of our listeners. What's your most useful parenting tip? (laughs) (laughs) Patience. Patience. Zip your lip. And uh, yes, dear. (laughs) Any uh, embarrassing situations that uh, any of your children have been in that you can share with us? I've been blessed on that. I know that my my kids are pretty pretty uh, pretty squared Good away. Answer. We were hoping for something better that we might be able to use at a, a later date, but we'll accept that. Uh, any uh, any uh, favorite food? You know, what's your favorite dinner food? Uh, you know, I'm I eat a lot of different things, but uh, I would say probably uh, uh, chicken potatoes. All right. Last question for you. Okay. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, fly without an aircraft. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> with fun. a reference point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Lee, uh, if, you, know, you you shared the www.ncmbc.us. MBC. That, I want to yes. say M M is in Mary BC. Dot US. Uh, if people want to find you, is there is that can they find you on the website or is there a certain place they should be My looking for you? My point of contact is on the website for sure. Uh, Courtney Smedic is our, our marketing director and our uh, operations uh, uh, director. She she really wa- works on this website, and I'm telling you, there is a wealth of information on there. Uh, even if you're just thinking about it, get on the website and just poke around, see what we've done. A lot of the things we record, we record the PowerPoints are on there. There's nothing to hide. Everything's public information. So it really give you a good opportunity to kind of see what we're all about. www.ncnbc.us. All right. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today at the end of our podcast. We always like to share 
uh, a small business that we might be familiar with or run across. Uh, Lee, you have anybody you want to give a shout out to? Well, I do. I think uh, um, Atriax, uh, Atriax Group right here in uh, Hickory, but I think their office is, what, two blocks from here? They do a, a two, two uh, retired uh, Air Force uh, officers, uh, engineer types that were done a great job there. Uh, George Alton is just a very visionary gentleman. And um, they've done a lot of good stuff with the military. So uh, they would be another, uh, if you're local and you're interested in this, uh, George would be more than happy to give you, uh, uh, give you advice. I think I've been to a few events where George has been a speaker, and he seems very generous with his uh, time and experience. Very passionate, passionate veteran. Yes, yeah. so, that's a good one, Gary. Who's your uh, Who's your small business this month? Thanks, Jeff. I'm excited about talking about this small business of the month, which falls into my uh, topics of food and pets. This one's food. Uh, Tammy and I. Had a great dinner at the Ye Old Fashioned Cafe, an ice cream place. And they didn't have an ending to it. It's just that's how they ended their sign. Outside of Charleston and West Ashley. We love Charleston, as you know. It's a place we've talked about eating for a long time because it looks so cool. It's got the decor of a 50s and 60s hamburger, hot dog, and fry joint. Uh, but it was packed. I mean, it had cars and people lined up. Well, after people here on the podcast, it'll even well, be more Well, now packed, it's going to be unbelievable. Know, the, the secret but, is out. But sometimes you go and it's not as good. This was the best that we'd ever had. Biggest hamburger, uh, just like uh, Five Guys has the bag of fries. They had one of those. And they had ice cream, which we were counting on having after the fact. But we had the burger and the fries were so much, we didn't get a chance to eat the ice cream. But we'll be back in the next couple of weeks and so, so we're gonna, we'll report back on the ice cream but it was fantastic so that's ye old-fashioned cafe in charleston yep okay west ashley right outside of charleston. west ashley so you know our listeners must think that you weigh like 300 pounds gary but you know you're like you're like a skinny dude i guess it's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, stress you, yeah you, you don't your diet, your, your, your diet leaves something to be desired yeah 30, i did start with 32 ounce coke civil. for breakfast yeah well, yeah, and your te- you know, your teeth have not rotted out. You're you're skinny. I don't understand it. I don't know, but you know, kudos. to I'm you. I'm very lucky, but I do love food and sweets. Okay, all right. Specifically, all right. Well, I'm going to give a shout out to a, a, a new business called the Arbor Shop, uh, A R B O R Shop. Um, started a recent uh, business start by a fellow named Craig Schultz, who spent his career developing furniture products for commercial and residential manufacturing companies, where uh, his goal was to design products that required a minimal amount of craftsmanship. But Craig has retired from there and started his own business. uh, And he's really focused on craftsmanship uh, and creating heirloom products. And he's doing that with his new business called The Arbor Shop, where he selects hardwoods and builds some beautiful products one at a time. Uh, it's sort of a sweet spot between handcrafted quality and reliability of product. And uh, if you go to the arborshop.com, T-H-E-A-R-B-O-R shop.com, you can see what Craig's working on. He started with some uh, step stools that 
uh, he started making when he was you know, many years ago for his daughter and uh, had a lot of requests for them. So now he's doing some of those and looking to expand his product line. We actually did some uh, structural testing with him at our manufacturing solution center to see how much weight you could put on them. And, you know, you could put like three or four Garys on one of these before they're <laughs> going to crack. So, uh, you know, they're they're very sturdy and had a chance to talk with Craig uh, this week and uh, wish him and his new business endeavor luck and uh, check them out. Fantastic. So. Anyway, if you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at eexchange@themesh.tv. We want to thank Lee for joining us today. Uh, and uh, Lee, give us the give us the website one more time in case anybody missed it. <laughs> yeah, one more plug: www.ncmbc.us. We also want to thank our friends at the Mesh Network. If you go to the mesh.tv, you can see all the cool podcasts that they've got going on, and they've got a variety. So go check them out at the mesh.tv. And uh, we'll look forward to talking with you again next month. Everybody take care. Take care. We'll be talking football next time. <laughs> thank you. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.